Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham. And on today's episode, we have Francesca. Francesca is a spiritual teacher and mama to two angel babies. Through her experience with loss and grief, she has learned how to transmute her darkness into strength and deeply trust her intuition. Francesca believes in the healing power of birth and would choose wild and free birth again and again. And I want to personally thank Francesca once again for allowing me to record her um, very powerful and personal story. I'm very grateful and honored. Um, Here's the show. Thank you so much. Francesca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be speaking with you today. Oh, that's that's so kind of you. And it's such an honor to have you here in this space today sharing your story with us. So wherever you would like to begin. Um, So I think that my story begins um, in in 2019 um, before I even met my partner. Um, I had just discovered... um, manifesting and, and the power of, of your mind. And, uh, I was working really hard to create the life, um, that I really desired. And, um, I was, I was journaling a lot and I started to have really vivid dreams. Um, and I had a series of three dreams, um, where I was giving birth outside, um, on my knees um, out in nature, I remember it was warm and the grass was really thick and green. Um, and in the first dream that I was all alone, the baby's head came out. Um, in the second dream, the, the baby's full body came out and I was um, calling for help. And then the third dream, I was running through the hospital and I was holding the baby and I was shouting, help me running through the hospital. So at the time, um, I didn't have a partner. I was single. I was starting my business. And I thought that it was, um, you know, a a signal of like the birth of creativity, um, of like something new starting. I had no idea that I would soon be, you know, become pregnant um, and give birth. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I started traveling. I went to Bali and I was doing a ton of yoga and I was just super connected and really developing a strong relationship with my intuition. And I wrote down in my journal, um, oddly, I said, I feel like I'm preparing my body for birth. The yoga that I was doing was super intense. Um, 
and I was just taking such good care of myself. And, and I felt like a home, like my body itself felt like a home. Um, so flash forward, I had no intentions of going to India whatsoever, but I traveled to India and I met my partner there. Um, and it was like our souls recognized each other when, when we saw each other. Um, and I quickly became pregnant and this was in, uh, December of 2019. So, uh, we traveled to Sri Lanka where my partner is from and quickly, um, the pandemic hit and, you know, I, I had no idea what was going on. It it was, it was in its infancy. Um, we were hearing about, uh, the virus. Mm -hmm. So, um, I decided to make my way back home, uh, without my partner, just, um, wanting, wanting to be safe. Um, and I got home in February of 2020. So I came back to the States and, uh, that started this huge process, um, of working hard to get my partner here and, uh, yeah, just not wanting to be alone, you know, uh, during my, my first pregnancy and, you know, not being able to have a support system because, you know, people weren't allowed to see each other at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had always desired to have, um, an unassisted childbirth, uh, by myself. Um, and it was really a testament um, of, of my beliefs in, in, in myself and in my relationship with God and in relation to my intuition as well. Um, but I did see, um, a a practice of nurse midwives, certified nurse midwives. Um, I was having really bad headaches like at the beginning of the second trimester. And, um, I was just getting nervous. Um, so I went and I saw them and everything checked out totally fine. And it was like a whirlwind of information at that appointment and, um, very impersonal. It it was not, uh, what I was interested in whatsoever. Like I left that appointment feeling confused and scared. I didn't feel supported. I didn't, uh, it just wasn't the way that I, that I wanted to feel during this pregnancy. So I just continued, um, you know, doing my own prenatal care, um, keeping really healthy, eating, um, a whole food plant-based diet. I was, um, yeah, practicing yoga daily, walking, swimming, um, doing everything that I felt was, was right, um, for me and for my baby. And it was, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful time and it was a a beautiful experience, um, for me. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it was the summertime, um, like summer of 2020. So like this time last year, and, uh, I was entering into my third trimester and, really just looking forward to, uh, the arrival of, of my partner. So we could be together and share in this beautiful, um, experience together. Mm -hmm. Um, he definitely had some hesitations, uh, of, 
you know, giving, giving birth at home, um, unassisted, but he always said that, you know, he, he trusted me and, um, he trusted that I, you know, was making the, the best decisions. Um, and so I was grateful for his, for his support in that way, because I know that, you know, that's not the case for many women and it, it, it does make it harder. Um, that's not to say I didn't experience pushback from, from other people, but you know, when you desire something, you have to just stay so focused on that feeling and, and so focused on your desires. Um, so, so yeah, it was, um, my, my partner arrived in August, um, and my guest date, if you will, was, um, towards the end of September, I don't even remember the exact date, either the 15th or the 20th, something like that. Um, so as, as the date was approaching, you know, people started asking me like, are are you going to go over, you know, whatever that means, are you going to be overdue or, um, and I just trusted myself and my baby, uh, so deeply, um, and I didn't want to, to be a part of the, the medical system of induction. It just didn't feel right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the choice wasn't right for me. So my guest date came and went and uh, I was doing, you know, everything, everything you can um, to, to naturally, you know, get things moving. Although, you know, now I firmly believe that everything happens just the way it's meant to happen and, and nothing we can do can, can really augment that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was on a walk with, uh, with my partner, we were walking on the boardwalk and I don't know where these words came from. It was like, I channeled them, you know, from source or from spirit. And the words came out of, of me saying to my partner, you know, there's a chance that, that, um, that death could happen like in in birth, you know, and that's always a very real possibility, whether you give birth in a hospital with an OB or at home with a midwife or somewhere else by yourself, it's always a possibility. Um, But I said to my partner, uh, I know, I know I'm not going to die. I don't feel close to death at all. But I said, you know, there's a possibility that the baby might die. Um, And we just kind of like, we kind of looked at each other like, ah, but, but that probably won't be us. But those words, I had never thought, you know, I'd never had that thought before until that moment where I channeled these words. Um, So a few days, a few days later, it was um, September 29th and yeah, I, I was just going about my going about my day, you know, swimming in the ocean um, every day and just trying to stay healthy and, and calm and connected. Um, all of a sudden, uh, labor just just started like the contractions or the surges were were um, very consistent, very strong and uh, very close together. Um So we started getting the pool set up and, um, yeah, we, we ate a little bit. Um, and I, I was ready. Our, our, our birth space was set up. I had, you know, everything that I 
thought you were supposed to have, you know, for a home birth, uh, candles, music, warm towels, um, positive affirmations. And, uh, so that was probably like maybe three 30 in the afternoon, um, that this started. So I was laboring at home, um, for about 15 hours, um, in and out of the pool, just, just my partner and I, um, and, and it was really beautiful. You know, I had never felt so, uh, connected to my partner in such a special way. And he's a very religious man. So I asked him to, um, you know, put his hands on my belly and, and pray, pray for us. And I felt so much strength, you know, when, when he did that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was in the pool and, uh, my partner was, was getting some rest on the couch because at this point we had been, we had been up for about 12 hours. Um, and I just heard a voice in my head. Um, and it said, don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. And at that point I may have been in, in transition, um, and, and maybe it was, you know, the fear of transition kicking in. Um, a lot of women uh, say that they have this experience where, where they, they feel like they want to give up or they can't do it anymore. Um, but this voice was so strong telling me, you know, don't do this alone. So um, I asked my partner to, to um, go next door and, and get my brother so he could drive us to the hospital. And, uh, it was not at all something that I thought, uh, was, was going to happen. Um, so we got there, um, and we went through the emergency department. So they had to take me through triage just to make sure that I was really in labor. (laughs) Although I don't know how, uh, how anyone could have thought otherwise. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I wasn't cooperating well with, um, with the residents who were taking me through triage. Um, they wanted me to lay on the bed, but it just felt so unnatural and so uncomfortable. So I just continued to find positions that felt right for me. Um, and they were trying to strap on that heart rate belt around my belly, um, So, uh, they, they finally got it on and, uh, I was wheeled upstairs to labor and delivery and my partner, you know, followed soon after. Um, and after that, it was just like a, a a mess, you know, the nurses were changing shifts and, they were asking me, you know, why don't you have a doctor? Why didn't you have prenatal care? And someone was sticking a COVID test up my nose. And yeah, it it was, it was just like (laughs) a terrible experience. Um, So uh, finally they got the, um, or the, one of the OBs on staff, um, 
came in and she was having trouble finding the baby's heartbeat. And um, finally they, they brought a sonogram machine in and she brought two other OBs in. And, and at that point I knew that, you know, something was, was really not right. And uh, yeah, they, they did a, um, an ultrasound and um, she said, this baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And, uh, my, my, my reaction, it was like a a familiar shock, you know, it was a familiar shock as if I knew, um, you know, that, that, that was to happen. Um, so at this point I had been in in labor for maybe 15 or 18 hours, um, since arriving to the hospital. And, um, I did, uh, get an epidural at that point. Um, I just wanted to feel some semblance of comfort, even though the epidural didn't really work. Um, and by the time my baby was ready to come out. Um, I was able to experience the feeling of everything, which was actually really beautiful. And that was, you know, what I had wanted. Um, so yeah. Um, I, I pushed my baby out with coached pushing, which was, you know, something that I didn't desire at all. And I couldn't believe that I was there, you know, like actually doing this every single thing that I um, had said that I didn't want. Mm -hmm. Um, So my baby was born and she was a a perfect little girl. Um, There was nothing wrong with her. She was very healthy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I held her. And the feeling, uh, it's, it's so confusing because your body gives birth and all of those hormones, you know, are, are rushing and, um, you feel the euphoria of just, you know, conquering this amazing physical feat that women are designed to do but at the same time it's it's muddled with such um shock and 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 despair um so that was about um 8 30 at night um, the nurses were great. They, they cleaned me up and they took very good, very good care of me. And, um, I was able to, to hold my baby and we were able to, um, keep a part of the placenta, uh, which is what I wanted, but they said that at the hospital, you need to like prearrange to be able to take your whole placenta, which is just mind blowing because it's an organ that I grew in my body. Um, 
you know, like I, I should be able to do with it uh, what I want, but exactly. Um, <laughs> but just so it's, it's not to cause, you know, too many ripples there. They were already so, um, so, so skeptical and really accusatory while we were there. Um, you know, they were, you know, making me feel like a bad person. You know, one of the residents said to me, um, you know, sonograms aren't harmful. Okay. So next time you should get sonograms and just, just such a bizarre thing to say to, to a mother who, um, just gave birth to, um, to a baby who was born sleeping, you know, um, as if to place guilt or blame. And, um, yeah, so we stayed overnight there and we got some pictures. Um, at the time, I felt like it was too much, but now, you know, I, I wish I, I had a few more. Um, uh, yeah, and then that became a theme, you know, over the next couple of weeks people really wanted to know why um so we elected not to have any type of um autopsy or testing done because we didn't want her her little body to be you know cut open um but everyone wanted to know why and everyone had their own opinion of what could have happened um, but I think what's so important to, to recognize here is that it's nothing that I did. And for every other mom who experiences a loss, whether it's a first trimester miscarriage or, you know, any, any loss is, it's not your fault and there's nothing that you could have done better or worse, you know, um, the spirit of the baby has its own dharma and its own destiny, um, that it wants to fulfill. And we all have spiritual contracts that we agreed to our babies, um, with, you know, before we took form here on earth. And although we don't remember it consciously here as, as, as we're living in this reality, but as my intuition so very clearly tried to remind me with that series of three dreams, um, it's all destined and it's all already made perfectly. Um, so as a, as a, you know, practicing yogi and, um, a health and wellness lifestyle coach, you know, prior to this experience, I, I was always about like love and light. You know, I would always say to people, I'm sending you love and light. And I would love and light everything, you know, like every bad situation. Oh, it's like, just find the good, find the love and the light. Um, but with, with the death of my daughter, I had to question like, 
where is the love and the light here? And what I came to realize was that the darkness is such an integral part of life as a human being. And that is where the true magic and the true growth happens. Being able to to sit through the darkness and hold and honor all of our feelings um, is is such such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just two months after I gave birth, so I gave birth September 29th, um, two months later in November, um, I was pregnant again. And I was totally shocked because I felt like um, my body wasn't ready. But, um, but, but maybe I was my, my, I was healthy enough to become pregnant again. And, um, it was right around the holidays. So it, it definitely took some of, um, some of the darkness away, but, but it was still scary. Um, and I had, you know, no idea what to, what to expect, um, this time around, but, I did, um, I reached out to uh, a local home birth midwife who is um, very reputable in in our community. And she served a number of women who I know, and she's, she's a witch. She's, she's amazing. She lives out in the woods. Um, Yeah, she's, she's a great woman. And uh, after the birth of my daughter, no one would um, no, no one wanted to see me, the OBs, or sorry, the certified nurse midwives who I had seen in the beginning of my first pregnancy. Um, they, they wouldn't check me out, you know, for an, uh, a postpartum, uh, exam or anything, but, but this midwife, um, brought me into her house and, uh, she too has experienced loss and, um, yeah. So we have a special bond, you know, over that. And, uh, she told me, she said, you know, you, you can do this your way. Like this is your pregnancy. She didn't, um, force me, uh, to, to do any testing. Although, uh, my partner and I, um, did desire to do some blood work. Um, and I thought, you know what, last time we did this my way, without testing, without ultrasounds. Um, and, and this time I thought maybe we could try something different because in the back of my head, there's still an inkling. Like if I had, you know, done this, would the outcome have been different? Um, so we did just, um, routine Doppler scans just to hear, hear the heartbeat. And we did all the blood work and everything came back perfectly. Um, so it was around, um, March, my partner and I went on an amazing trip to Costa Rica and, uh, we came back and I had an appointment scheduled and I, I woke up that morning and I said to my partner, I said, I really want you to come to this appointment. I I feel really scared. 
Um, so uh, I, I went to the appointment and um, it was mostly, you know, talking and, and just having fun, um, you know, for the first hour. And then right at the end, um, she would ask, so do you want to hear the heartbeat? And uh, I, I said, yeah. So I laid down on the table and um, she took the Doppler out and we couldn't find a heartbeat. And at that point I was maybe 18 weeks um, pregnant and I was, I had uh, the 20 week ultrasound scheduled. I figured, you know, I didn't do that last time. Maybe I'll try it this time. Um, and uh, yeah, so we didn't hear the heartbeat and um I went to um, an ultrasound group uh, where the the woman who runs the clinic, she uh, specializes in ultrasound just to confirm that there wasn't a heartbeat. Um, and after that, I went up to my midwife's um, house in the woods and um, yeah, we just cried and um she, she supported me and she asked, you know, what, what do you want to do? And I said, I asked her, you know, what, what are my options? Um, and, you know, we spoke about a number of things, but what I felt so strongly about was that I wanted to do nothing. Mm. I wanted to just, um, to just wait because, I felt even more strongly this time around that the spirit of the baby is such a pivotal part of birth and death and nothing we can really do will change that outcome or change the desire or change the contract, you know? So, um, uh, my partner and I left and we went home and, uh, left with a few potions, might I add, uh, that my midwife had given me, um, some beautiful tinctures and things. And, uh, she said, you know, if you, if you want to try these, maybe it might get things going. Um, so that next day I really, uh, focused on trying to release the baby. Um, I felt really strongly about that, but, after um, doing some research and listening to a few podcasts and speaking to a few other wise women, but more importantly, checking in with my own intuition and, and what I felt was right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stopped taking the tinctures. I stopped, you know, focusing on it. And I just told the baby, you know, whenever you're ready, um, I'm, I'm here. So I think it was, um, maybe a, a week later, um, I had asked my midwife, um, if she had any, um, of this tablet called misoprostol, which is, um, an induction medication that's often given to women in the hospital, but, um, used in a home birth setting. Um, it can be, um, used to treat postpartum hemorrhage, um, with home birth midwives. 
So I did have access um, to that medicine uh, if I felt like I wanted it. And I placed it on my altar when I got it. And I just asked for guidance um, if I felt like that was going to be the right thing to do. Um, I still was pretty hesitant about it. So time went on. I'm not exactly sure how much time, but uh, maybe a week or two. And I woke up one morning, it was Friday. It was the Friday before Easter. Um, And I just like sprang up out of bed. I had so much energy and I just touched my womb and it felt so different. Um, It felt, I could feel the the baby really low um, and like right underneath of my belly button. So I went for a walk and I started cramping and I told spirit, um, you know, I'll turn around like right after, right after the lake. Um, and, and I'll, I'll call the midwife, you know, when I get home, just, just let me make it home. So I was standing at this beautiful, um, lake near my house and, I felt a huge gush and I immediately knew it was, it was blood. Um, so I had to walk home uh, covered in, in blood from the waist down. I, I hobbled home on the phone with my midwife. And uh, as soon as I got home, I just, uh, I sat on the toilet and um, a few very gentle surges later, um, without pushing, without any augmentation, um, the baby, the baby left my body. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had because it was the birth that I desired. And it was what I had been journaling about and manifesting um, the whole previous year. Um, prior to my first birth with my daughter, I, I had written that I wanted to, to birth alone and, and in peace. Um, and I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be painless and um, fast and easy. Of course, those are all things that I think women desire for their birth, but that's exactly what this one was. It was peaceful and at home um, and surrounded by love and trust. Um, so my partner came home from work, um, shortly after, and, um, we, uh, cleaned her up. She was also a little girl and we placed her on the altar with some candles and incense. And we really got to honor her, which was so different, um, to the loss I had experienced a few months earlier, you know, I had to, to separate with my baby when I left the hospital, um, the first time. And I saw her again, you know, the day before her funeral. Um, but I do wish I had, you know, more time with her. I wish I could have sang to her, um, while she was still here. So I took, every opportunity I could the second time around to honor this spirit who I really truly believe is the same, it's the same soul who's, who's trying to come through um, to, to be with me. 
So we, we sang to her and uh, yeah, we honored her, her life. We took pictures with her. And um, later that evening, my partner and I walked back to the spot where my waters had released earlier that day. And we, we prayed over her and we placed her into the, into the ground. And uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. And I go there every day and I feel so connected to, to this spirit and this soul when I go there. And um, it's something I always imagined doing, you know, while I was pregnant was um, bringing my, bringing my baby to the lake and, and laying underneath the trees and watching the birds and looking for turtles. And I do that now. Um, although, you know, my babies aren't physically here with me. I feel them so deeply in spirit. I feel them so deeply. And yeah, I, although, you know, my story is, is one of loss and grief. Um, it's also so beautiful because it's opened my heart in, in ways that I can't explain. I think when you experience um, such loss and grief, um, when you experience such loss and grief, um, your heart can, can harden and, and close off, or it can open wider than you thought possible. And you can experience love like you've never felt before. And through these experiences, um, my heart has, has just been open and, um, it's helped me to understand more about women in my family who have also experienced loss, like my, my mother and my grandmother. And it's, it's such a taboo topic to talk about, you know, babies aren't supposed to die, you know, um, just go to the hospital and they'll save your baby. Um, but as women, we are the keepers of life and death. And it's a very, very sacred gift that we've been given um, to be able to honor that and to be able to hold space for our babies who just want to come through and be here for a short time. Um, yeah. 
Wow. Mm, Francesca, thank you so much for sharing your stories, both of them. What a gift to be sitting here with you today. I am very, very honored and grateful that you allowed me to record your story and so grateful to be in your presence right now. Um, and is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with? Um, I just uh, want every woman uh, to know that whatever whatever decisions you make that that you feel are right for you um, in that moment, it's the right choice for you and. Um, your intuition is always speaking to you. If you can just slow down and tap in and hear um, what your guides and what your intuition is trying to tell you and never doubt it, never doubt it. Um, there's also a, a poem. If, if I could just read um, a, a quick poem, if you wouldn't mind. Um, um, so this poem was written by Reiner uh, Maria Rilke, and I, I've come to really love um, his work. The poem is called Let This Darkness Be a Bell Tower. Mm-hmm. Quiet friend who has come so far, feel how your breathing makes more space around you. Let this darkness be a bell tower and you the bell. As you ring, what batters you becomes your strength. Move back and forth into the change. What is it like, such intensity of pain? If the drink is bitter, turn yourself to wine. In this uncontainable night, be the mystery at the crossroads of your senses, the meaning discovered there. And if the world has ceased to hear you, Say to the silent earth, I flow. To the rushing water, speak, I am. Ooh, that was very, very beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Really yeah, thank, thank you for, for letting me share my story here. Um, and I am praying with and I honor every, every um, pregnant woman, every mother. I just feel so connected to, to the divine to the divine mother um, within all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Francesca. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.